I grew up in a family where we were always very solution-oriented, um, so complaining was not uh, a thing. Welcome to the Swisspreneur Show, a podcast about startup stories and hands-on learnings from experienced entrepreneurs. Here's your host, Sylvan. Valerie, a very well welcome to the Swisspreneur Show. It's a pleasure to have you here today. Yes, thanks. Um, I'm very happy to be here. You are the co-founder at Wittiworks, a company which is revolutionizing the way we write in Europe towards a more inclusive society. And before we talk about your numerous projects and your entrepreneurial journey, we want to start with your personal background. You studied multimedia at the SAE Institute in Zurich. By then, was entrepreneurship at all on your radar as a career choice or path? No, not at all. The reason or the problem was that I didn't find a proper job after finishing my diploma. I was looking for a diverse job like doing coding and design in the same time or in projects. But there were either front-end development um, jobs or web design jobs, as they were called 20 years ago. And I had neither the experience for being a, a developer or a real designer. So I didn't found the right job. And so I designed actually my own job. <laughs> That's the right path forward then. So in 2000, that was where you actually founded iWeb for you, one of the first web shops in Bern. And so you really were sort of a pioneer because you then said, hey, that shop doesn't exist, so I just create my own one. What was really motivating you besides creating your, your own shop to not work for someone else, but for yourself instead? Was there anything else that particularly motivated you to go down that path? I mean, as I said, I didn't find the right shop, but as as um, I was... Um, I grew up in a family where we were always very solution oriented. Um, so complaining was not uh, a thing in our family. We always were looking for solutions. Um, that, that was the way um, for me um, to work. Like if I don't, if I don't find a job, I have, I already then had a good network. And I, I had my first uh, web design jobs from, from friends and, and, and families. And that's how it started actually. And I thought, Hey, if I can make some money with that, why not? And, um, on top, I, I still have freedom. That's, that means I can decide how, how I work, where I work, for whom I work and, um, the, 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 the aspect of freedom always was a very um, 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 strong um, motivator for me to do something. You also moved out of your parents' house with just 18 years old. Where did that motivation come from? You know, that freedom was such an important thing for you. But what, was there any trigger for you to really focus on that freedom aspect or what really motivated you? Yeah. There are multiple aspects. One other aspect um, is also that at young age, I learned to take responsibility and um, was very aware of my duties. So at home, we had this so-called family board every week where um, tasks were distributed. And 
I knew by then already I'm able to earn my own money because I was working, you know, besides uh, going to the college, I was, I did different jobs and I, I earned enough money. I earned about thousand francs a month to, nice. to rent a room or a studio, um, and, and just to have, uh, to, yeah, to make my own decisions. And yes, um, we, we had this, uh, my parents were always um, quite strict with us, with um, me and my siblings, and I wanted to decide more things alone. So. And then you decided to move out. And to then have... I, 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 I did the math and uh, <laughs> and a budget, and I, 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 I thought that it will be okay. I will be fine. Nice. And then if we fast forward a bit from 2002 to 2010, you worked on various projects and engagements. And I think that was also the time where you've actually had sponsors, as you called them, other people that actually supported you, introduced you to their network and so on. So can you talk a bit more about how you met these sponsors and in what way that they helped you in your career to move forward? Yes, sure. So, I mean... Uh, Sometimes it's hard to believe, but I was rather a, a shy and silent young uh, woman. But um, what I um, felt very quickly is that I have an ability to connect with people. And I, I like to connect with people and get to know them. So it was always very easy for me to approach um, people, also unknown people. And I had the chance um, to um, to meet the business and professional women community in Bern, where I got the member, and um, where this um, networking thing, I was 20 years old, was a great thing for me. And I was very successful in this, but also because I always decided to to um, to engage myself more than just being a member. I, um, for example, I was in the board of this uh, community with 22 and like this, everyone, everyone knew me and knew what I do. Mm-hmm. And by the, the, by the time then being a web designer and, and being able to code websites was uh, not something you could find everywhere. So it was easy for me to connect with people. And, um, I also have to add that, um, I, I did a lot of sport or in my whole life. And also sport helped me a lot to connect with people, with like-minded people. And I, I, um, had the possibility to, to create a really uh, strong, uh, friendship. And also there I, I, I had people, they saw the potential in myself. And I mean, building that network, that's one thing, right? Um, so you were a natural talent at this, but then how has that actually helped you and your career to move forward? What sort of results did you get out of your network? Were they introducing you to new jobs or did you yes, clients exactly. do that? So, so um, being a, an entrepreneur myself, I, of course, um, had a big network also of other entrepreneurs. So, for example, they gave me jobs or they introduced me to other people they knew in in significant positions you know so i i had um at young age already also access to ceos and 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 executive boards where where the decisions were made and and this helped me 
and also the also these people encouraged me um to to go further and and they in, invited me for for talks or speeches or yeah things like that and then one got the other thing yes sure so you got the stone rolling and then yes. basically took it from there yes somehow yes and and that encouragement that was also something that i think i mean your parents they were super active themselves but also a bit strict as you said yeah. so the, the connections that you made, they also really motivated you to go your, and find your own way, something that you didn't really get from home, if I understood you in our prep call correctly. Yeah, that, that's true. That's true, exactly. And, and I was, all, I was all, always, this is my, also a thing of my character, I'm very interested in new things. I feel a strong urge to learn a lot, and I like um, challenges. So I often said yes to new challenges without um, doing a whole analysis. So as a good friend of mine always says, momentum is more important than being right. <laughs> and how can you actually make sure that the momentum is on your side? Can you influence well, that? Well, I try to, to listen to my feelings and how it it, it feels. If something feels good, why shouldn't I try it out? I mean, if if it doesn't, uh, if I fail, well, I will learn something and I can do something else. So I I was never afraid of failing or of of learning and 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 change. My whole life, when I look back in my career, not only professional but also private, I had a lot of changes in my life. And, and, um, I mean, a change is, is always a hard thing. It's, it, it needs a lot of energy and so on. But the learning curve is, 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 uh, tremendous. Yeah. It, it really brought me to the point I am today. Yeah. You also stay young and fresh that way. I can imagine. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so then after your, sponsor time basically it was time to take on a ceo role in 2010 basically you joined ginetta uh, and were also ceo for six years um i wonder in the first place why did you actually join that company and stop then working for yourself hmm. so the the founder of ginetta simon he he was a very good friend of mine um and we already um, founded another company in 2004. I, I can't remember the, uh, the year. Uh, it was uh, CMS Box. Mm -hmm. um, uh, by the time then, it was one of the first CMS um, tools where you had uh, inline editing. I mean, you can't imagine today. <laughs> um, and um, he... He was always so in uh, such an inspiring person for me and and we had a very good relationship and we we met for lunch here in Zurich I was working at Parks and was a Salesforce consultant and he was working for Google as a designer and he said hey Valerie I founded this company Ginetta I want to do user experience design I have two employees but I have no time to acquire new clients and um I need help do you want to take over? Do you want to be the CEO and, and, and just make sure that, uh, um, we, um, we, um, can keep on working and, and, and not, not, and that, that I don't have to close the company. And I said to him, yes, because I want to have more, 
um, I want to use more create creativity in my job. As a Salesforce consultant, I felt a little bit limited. And um, I also not, I didn't have the position in the company to, to uh, create um, or to change things, right? Um, so um, this was very clear. And I told him it was, uh, Simon is also from Bern like me and Ginetta was a Bernese company. And I told him, but hey, I um, there is one thing we need to open a shop in in Zurich because here is the 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 the, the place to be. And in Bern, I, I I didn't want to go back. And and uh, here we have the whole tech and startup scene, so it's 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 much more inspiring. So that's what we did then. Was that an easy move for you? Because I know uh, people from Bern, myself included. It hurts if you have to leave Bern and move to Syria, right? <laughs> no, it didn't hurt. <laughs> and I was already here. So um, I already lived here. And um, I, I came here 13 years ago now. And it was a very, um, it was a, a, it was my own decision to move from Bern to Zurich because I didn't have, um, I didn't have um, a perspective in Bern anymore. Uh, on my on my professional side, but also on my private side, I thought like I need, I just need a change. <laughs> right, and then you made that change happen. You moved to Zurich and built the company here. Mm -hmm. Before you talked about momentum and also with Ginetta timing, which I think is equal to momentum, yes. um, was a really important thing. You basically were in the right place at the right time, right? Because UX and user research was just basically taking off and becoming more important. I, I would say it was the moment before the, the, okay. the topic uh, um, really took off, but this was good because um, um, when the topic gets really, got really hot, we were already here and we had some um, um, some success stories to tell. And, um, but it was not an easy, easy way. The first two years were really hard. I mean, we sell, we did a lot of projects, but I can't remember that we did user research. So, um, selling user research was really hard. And then we, we started to work with uh, Doodle and uh, Doodle was one of the first company where we re really applied the whole uh, research and design process. It was in 2011. Mm-hmm. Got it. So the timing was not right, but you were basically there and ready when the timing would change, right? Yeah. So it, it was the right momentum to start. Right. <laughs> Can you tell us how the different difference feels when you actually feel, okay, the timing is right on spot. I am in the right place at the right time versus you are hoping that you get there one day, but you aren't there yet. How does that feel? How do you really also realize and recognize the difference? Uh, well, um, of course, uh, you see it uh, on the amount of, of requests you have, of course. And then also financially. I mean, if you feel like that um, what you are telling the whole day is really, um, is really, clients are really interested and they also want to apply kind um, this kind of process not only one part because they are always telling you uh, we don't need user research because we know what our customer wants. Yep. Uh, I mean, this is a, a totally, um, 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 totally different feeling. And the, 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 the great part about this that you, 
you can um, bring them much more value and you also have I mean, you know so much as a, as a consultant or as a designer, you know so much about the process and always doing only one little part with a lot of assumption, it's hard for a designer. Right. So if you can, if you can apply the whole process, it's just a, a better feeling. And you don't, I mean, when you offer something and the client only want a part, you always have this feeling of being rejected. Mm-hmm. And of course, at, at the end of the day, if you are not um, making enough money because also of that, it's not o- only something you feel in your in your bank account on your bank account, but also of your um, value. You know. Got it. Another thing that you were basically well known for at Chinetta was that you had actually more female employees across all areas than your peer companies or other companies in the same sector. So you basically acted sort of as a role model for diversity early on. And even competitors then came to you and asked, how did you make that happen? How did you get to that state? Can you talk a bit more about how you actually built the company and also had a good diversity from day one, basically? Mm-hmm. Well, um, how did we do this? I mean, this was not, diversity was not a topic by then, 10 years ago, and inclusion uh, neither. Um, but being a female CEO helped me to attract um, also a female talent pool. And because, I, I mean, I had two employees, um, Andrea and Gens, and, and it was me, so we were t- two women, one man. And the third employee was also a, a, a woman. It was Tanya. And then we had a, 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 a fifth. This was a male. And so we had this, this balance from the beginning without doing something, um, um, by plan. It, it was just, it, it came like this. And of course, um, if if you have a good balance, the company culture will um, will always address female and male needs, and 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 then it it comes a normal thing, right? And um, work life balance and also the needs of our employees were always on on the first on 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 the top of our agenda or. Yeah, it, it was, we always said, Simon and me, if we can, we wanna, we wanna build a, a company culture where everyone feels good and included. And this helped us, um, to, to, um, to also address those needs of our, of our, um, of our, um, employees. So what we did, um, Externally, like with our customer, when we always said user first or customer first, we did the same internally, like saying employee first. And how did that show in practice? Like, were there any specific initiatives or anything that you paid special attention yeah, to? Yeah, we did a lot of social events. Mm-hmm. Um, we had, we have had lunch, we had operas, we had, we were celebrating a lot. I mean, we were also working hard a lot, of course. And we, we uh, used social media to transfer for, transfer this culture, um, outside. So, nice. 
everyone always gave you the feedback that we are very approachable as a company, but also as individuals. And, and the individuals of the company were always more important than the company. So you are not in, um, in contact with Ginetta, you are in contact with person X, Y, Z. Yeah. Usually it's the opposite, right? That the company is more important than the individuals in terms of how other companies communicate. Yeah. But in, in a service uh, agency, you know, it's, it's, right. it's the employees who are the biggest assets. It's not the brand. Good point. Yeah. Mm. And do you have any example of like messages that you shared across social media or stories that you told there to really make that the, the people behind the company more approachable? Yeah, we, we portrayed those employees, of course, um, or they, they still do, by the way. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we, we made a lot of picture. We had a big com community, um, um, on, on Instagram and also the employees themselves, they shared a lot of content all the time. And this is actually, this is the most valuable thing because if only the company profile is, is, uh, is sharing and maybe, uh, it may be the social media manager, it's a different value. But if the CEO and the whole, the, all the employees are, are posting a lot and sharing how, how cool and how inspiring, um, working at Ginetta is, this is the best employer branding campaign you can have. And it's free of charge. And it's free of charge. <laughs> and it's authentic. Right. We didn't tell them to do it, right? Yeah. But also there, I think I was a good role model for them because I did it as well. Mm -hmm. And that's what I see often. I mean, if, 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 um, um, leaders of companies are not sharing, it's hard that the other will share because they are role models. So I mean, it's, it's how it works. <laughs> that's right. I think that's very impressive. You know, you basically made your employees also the ambassadors of the company, yes. but on a very personal level. And I think that's really fascinating. Yeah. I mean, at Wittyworks, we did it the exact same way. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to talk about that yeah. in a second, because <laughs> in 2015, you became a mother. Uh -huh. And there you also said, hey, it's time to have more women in tech, but also just diversity and inclusion in tech. So when you became a mother in 2015, you then, on top of that, like you didn't have enough to do, founded WeShape Tech, a community that was really focused on women in tech, but also diversity and inclusion in tech. Can you talk a bit more about the motivation to get yes, started there? Yes, sure. Well, um, I, as you said already, I, I was approached by many other uh, entrepreneurs when I was at Ginetta about uh, how we do it to have such a big diversity, not only in, in gender, but also cultural and from background and nationality. And I then started uh, also to be invited for talks about this topic. And I was like, hmm, what, what should I say? I mean, what did we do? And I, I started to research a lot and, 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 and also, um, found, um, uh, more, out about unconscious bias and and about stereotypes and about how uh, girls or boys um, are 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 growing up and that th there are differences and that's how how I get aware of of the problems we have in our in in IT and and tech and the whole startup world and or the whole business world <laughs> we can say um, 
And, um, I, I saw that, that women in, 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 um, in IT don't have enough vis visibility. And I wanted to start a movement where we can, um, give those women more visibility. Actually, that was my main motivation. And because I had a big network of women in tech, I wanted to share this. And that's how um, I, I started together uh, with um, Tanya and Janine. I started We Shape Tech. And because I didn't have time as a CEO at Gineta to start this, I did it, did it um, during my maternity leave because, um, yeah, I had some time. I mean, the baby was <laughs> sleeping a lot. <laughs> nice. um, and I had the energy and the motivation to do that. And, and uh, also there, I think it was a momentum. It was in 2015. We had our first event of We Shape Tech in in march 2016 and our goal was to have 100 women in tech at our event and um we we built a website 100 women in tech where every woman who was at our event um was photographed with a statement cool. um what diversity is and and wh why this is a um um a business um imperative right yeah. And, and this gave us so much visibility because we had so much content to share and everyone was sharing. So, um, this, this goal, we, 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 we topped that goal, I would even say. And that was then the beginning of, of the whole diversity and inclusion, um, journey or my personal diversity and inclusion journey. <laughs> nice. I also think it's a really cool and important initiative. Uh, we also have a partnership coming up between WeShape Tech and yeah, Swisspreneur. Yeah, I heard about it. That's so, great. Uh, <laughs> it's still in the making, but it uh, will hopefully be released soon. Mm -hmm. But WeShape Tech was set up as a non-profit, or still is yes. a non-profit association yes, today. Exactly. So then three years later, in 2018, you said, this is a really important topic. I really want to push it, but I also need to be able to earn money with that. And that's when you found WittyWorks. Yeah, exactly. Can you talk about how that transition yeah, happened yeah, and yeah. why you had this, this feeling that you mm -hmm. wanted to go further down that path and really push that topic? Yeah, I mean, with uh, WeShape Tech, as you said, it was a non-profit, but we, were, we, we got approached by a lot of companies uh, in the IT and tech um, sector. And I started actually to do um, um, consulting for free. You know, I mean, we talked about events we could do together, but of course, then there were more questions and, and, and I, I, um, I, I thought that that's, that can't be the way because it's so much time I'm investing in that. Um, and I, I, I need either we find a business model or I have to stop that. And, and we didn't find a business model. So I stopped also my engagement with uh, WeShape Tech because, um, I had other interesting possibilities as a CPO at Mila and, and so on. And, um, but, but I always came back to this topic. And when I started discussing with Nadia, she was a, a colleague of me. She, she was working in another agency and we had some contact through, through, um, um, best of Swiss web, uh, events and things like that. Um, we both said, Hey, um, we want to do a business. We want to help and support companies. 
um, with um, the lack of diversity and, and show them how you can build a more inclusive culture. And we want to, and th this was from the beginning, it was clear we want to build software to help them. But it was not exactly clear what software mm -hmm. when we started with WittyWorks. So we concentrated on um, rewriting job ads because what everyone told us that they don't um, get um, applications from women. And if you don't get applications from women, of course, it's hard to hire them. So that was our starting point. So that's how then we founded WittyWorks. With this idea. Can you talk a bit more about the product that you're offering today? What is the exact software that you sell yeah. or yeah. that you help companies with? Yes, exactly. So we were writing about more, we were rewriting more about hundreds of job ads for our clients and we did this manually and we thought, hmm, actually we should try to build a software, a text, text assistance who do this work. Um, and that's how Lucas um, uh, came in the game in um, one and a half year ago. He's a software developer and um, he was very um, motivated uh, to help also to help to diversify the whole um, IT and tech sector as well. And, and together we, with him, we, we um, designed and developed the Diversifier. That's, uh, that's our product. Mm -hmm. And uh, that Diversifier is a text assistant um, who helps you to write inclusive uh, job ads. It means that it's a little bit like uh, Grammarly, not mm -hmm. for grammar, but for inclusive writing. That means you copy your job ad in, in a text field and it, 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 um, it shows you um, with different colors which words or sentences are um, not attractive for women because there is a, a female and a male connotated um, language. So the male connotated is a very competitive um, um, is a very competitive um, language and female language is more um, um, is um, a bit softer and it's more communal it's like it's more the together building something together than building something alone and being the best Right. Yeah, that's actually in, in a few words, that's the main difference. And, and if you want that women apply, you have to change your, the way you write. I mean, this is one thing, but also of, for example, you have to know the behavior of women in terms of, um, in terms of, um, requirements. Mm -hmm. So a man applies when he fulfills maybe 50% of the requirements <laughs> because he is very self-aware and he thinks I will learn the rest or I, I know that. Right. A woman is very critical with herself and she's really exact means if she, she is not a, she, if she has no experience in, in one requirement, she won't apply. And as a recruiter, you have to be aware of that. Mm -hmm. And the less requirements, the more women will apply. So if, I mean, that are two um, hacks, I would say it's, it's quite easy 
easy hacks. It's no rocket science, but if you are concentrating on that, you will have more than 42% of uh, women and other people applying. Wow. Before we continue with the show, we'd like to introduce you to Swisspreneur's main partner, Clara Business, the digital all-in-one solution for small businesses. Managing internal processes manually and on paper wastes an incredible amount of time. That's why Clara digitizes everything, allowing you to focus on what really matters, your core business. Go to clara.ch to find out how your business administration can be simpler, faster, and more efficient. Again, that's clara.ch. And now, on with the show. That's a, an impressive learning. <laughs> Do people also use your diversifier software for other areas despite shop ads, for example, to for press releases or things like yeah, that? Yeah, hey, you are. That's a awesome question. So, we we started with this with the job ad um, rewriting uh, app, but we we see a lot of more potential, of course. I mean, myself, I put every text I write into the diversifier to nice. check. Um, and this is also the vision. So the vision is to re revolutionizing the way we write. So not only job ads, but also internal communication, external communication. It's more than employee branding and recruitment. It's, it's how you talk to people because language um, forms our thoughts and thoughts forms our decisions. So um, language is a very powerful tool. And in the end, this is a very important and crucial part of your whole company culture, right? It is, yeah, but not everyone sees like this today. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And in what languages is the diversifier available today? Yeah, so we started right away with German, English and French. Mm -hmm. So we have these three languages. Um, and uh, yes, of course, we have mainly uh, Swiss clients, but um, we had some success in recent months. We now, uh, now also have uh, clients from Germany and Austria, and also um, we are uh, talking also now to clients from, Fra from France. Nice. Mm -hmm. Now, I would like to take a step back and, sure. you know, <laughs> look at the times in, in retrospect from 2000 to 2018, when you actually founded Wittyworks, what has changed from your experience or ask differently, how much progress do you think Switzerland made when it comes to job equality between 2000 and 2018? Is there any development that you've observed? Yes, of course. I mean, the topic today is top of mind. All the media is full of it. And it's, it's also a momentum, I would say, right now. In 2010, nobody talked about diversity or inclusion. Right. I mean, I can't remember. And um, being a, a CEO um, at that time as a woman was something who was really rare. And today I see more and more women on, in top leadership position, and this makes me really proud. Um, and, and I'm very happy to see because it will bring us further, not only in, uh, in, in the business world, but also as a society. Mm -hmm. um, and I think thanks to many, many female activists who are really um, always pointing out um, the topic 
or the importance of diversity, we are where we are today in Switzerland. And, and we are behind many, many other uh, uh, countries. I mean, uh, we are far behind and we have a lot of work ahead. But the progress is here and it's, it's, um, it's, it's a good time now. So it's a double-edged sword. It's like there was some good progress, but it's still a long way to go, basically. Yeah, we. It, it, it's for my in for my taste. It's going a little bit too slow, mm -hmm. but um, it's it's important to see also little progress because baby steps. A lot of baby steps make big steps at the end, right? True. And and um, in in this way, um, yeah, I really. This, this, in the next five years, there will be a lot of progress in, yeah. in this topic. And I think the pressure is, is really high now. I mean, uh, companies who are not, I mean, um, the, the HSG, the, the school in, the university in St. Colin is, is uh, doing this, the gender report every year. Okay. And, and most of the companies are still in state one where they just, um, are aware that um, there is something has to be done, but they are not acting actually. And 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 um, but 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 this awareness will transform. Yeah. I'm I'm sure about that, and it will be a it will be a a differentiator um, in the future. Um, companies who who are already diverse and that have an inclusive culture, they will attract just more diversity. And as diversity is a leverage for more successful innovation, I mean, you better start today. <laughs> yeah, if you don't, you will basically miss out yes. and jeopardize your potential future success. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In, in that regard, now you mentioned, you know, companies get more and more aware, but the, the actions are still a bit missing. What else is still going wrong or missing in Swiss companies in regards to diversity from your perspective? Well, um, it's the mindset. So it needs a mindset change. And most leaders still think if they say, yes, I'm open for everyone and we really invite women to work um, for us. And so the problem will be solved by itself, but it won't. And I, I, I like to do the, the, um, the, to compare it with digital transformation. I mean, 10 years ago, um, or, or 20 years ago, companies starting having maybe a website and then maybe a newsletter. And later, of course, the, the website was normal and then they thought about digitalization of, of processes, uh, e-commerce and, and all these things started. But this, this also didn't um, happen by chance. And if, if those companies who don't put a digital transformation on top of their agenda, they are way behind today. You see it with banks and, and other institutions, right? And it's the same with diversity. If you haven't goals and if you, if you create or design a strategy to, 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 um, to, to um, get your goals, no, no, nothing will change or only very slowly. No. And, and, and that's, that's where we are today. I mean, 
Um, and what I also see, um, what I also often see is in startups, right? Um, we still have more male founders than female founders. I mean, we are also in the change there, but the awareness of diversity is not here. Yeah. And time is always the time, time is always more important than quality. And of course, I know you have to ship and you have to, 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 um, to achieve your goals and so on. But it's crucial at the beginning because if you are not doing your homework, um, in, in recruiting diversity at the very beginning, your culture will be, uh, will be, um, a homogeneous culture. A broad culture most yeah. of the time. And that's very and, hard to break. And then you have to invest so much energy and, and so much measures to change this. It, it will cost you much more. I, I see that in so many, um, startups in, um, for, um, mostly in, in the one who are, are growing very quickly, right? And actually growth, uh, if you, if you, if you, um, grow your your employee numbers that's that's the that's the momentum to hire women not only one but maybe half of it or a right. third because this the third is the crucial number why to have a change yeah because um um studies show that if you have a third of your of your team or of your leadership team a third of women culture will change and and innovation and and collaboration um, will have a direct impact on your culture and your financial revenue nice. if if this 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 um, number is too small mm-hmm. you one person or two person within 10 or 12 won't right. have enough um, um, impact Got it. Yes. Are there any tips that you can give to, to companies? I mean, now you already mentioned some sorts with the diversifier mm-hmm. uh, template that you offer, but just in general, what can companies do to become more diverse and really not only are aware of that, that challenge and that issue that they have to solve, but really go into the doing and act? Yeah. Well, I mean, the first thing is really to, um, to get aware of unconscious bias. So reflect, also reflecting on own privileges you mm-hmm. have. And when you, once you understand how decisions are made, that uh, 90% of our decisions is not, uh, is not, um, is not rational, is, is emotional, or is driven by biases, how we see the world, how, uh, is, is more about so how we, we were socialized, mm-hmm. how we grew up, what we learned, how we learned. Those things are affecting our decisions so badly. And you have to do a step behind and, and being aware of unconscious bias. Um, I mean, there are different biases, of course. There are in-group bias, there are typing bias, bandwagon bias. There are hundreds of bias. But the thing is, you have to design your processes uh, mainly recruiting or, or promotion, uh, recruiting process and also promotion process, um, 
and bypass the, the bias because the, you can't stop the bias. We are all biased. I am biased as well. And it's hard. It, you, you can't stop this. So you have to bypass it and by redesigning your processes. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that that's point one. But only doing an unconscious bias training won't help at all. There's more to that, right? Yes. Because you will listen and you will think, yes, that's true. Then you go back to your, your work and it's, the bias it, is still there. It's forgotten. <laughs> yes. You really have to, to, um, to analyze your processes. And what, you know, if a company like starts thinking about that, maybe does a workshop about the biases and stuff, what, what else would you recommend that they really do and execute to, to get that diversity in, in a good way? Yeah. I, I mean, mostly we, you, you start with attracting and employee branding, for example. So as I said already, um, you, you can only attract women for your company if they can identify with your company. So what do they do? They go on your web website and they look at the pictures from your team. I mean, if there is no women in the team or only one, it will be very hard. So you have to try um, to show maybe you already have a very inclusive culture, but of course you don't see this on the, on your website. So you have to start, um, communicate this. Um, and then the job ads are crucial. I mean, the job ad, the job ad is very important. And most of the companies still focus on requirements instead of describing what the job is. You know, because um, women want to achieve something. They want to have a perspective. So what can I bring in? What is my impact? How, how much creativity can I, can I um, use in my job? Mm-hmm. That are the identificators. That are the important things. And, and so, so this is, 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 is this and then the recruitment process is very um, important that you have um, uh, a very transparent um, recruitment process, but also that you have different people deciding, not only one person. Mm-hmm. And and the best would be that that you have um, blind CV, CV blindings. You don't see if it's a, a man or a woman because of the stereotypes. And then also that you focusing be, maybe more on, on, on skills first and, 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 and later on, 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 on culture fit. Because many companies are looking for culture fit, right? And this is the absolute wrong way. You don't want a someone who is already how you are. You want someone who adds adds value, and so a person who who bring added value to your culture, because innovation needs friction, and innovation. Um, I mean, going um, working towards an innovation like a product or a service who who help the clients or the customer needs. You you really need different different thoughts and different opinions to come up with the best solution for your clients Mm -hmm. and homogeneity never brought the best solution 
Tara, like I'm personally, we, we also had to hire people. Okay. Um, luckily, we have at Swisspr, we have a, a good diversity in the team. Uh, yeah, I, I think we are that. above okay. one third. That's a good start. Mm-hmm. Good. Uh, not 50-50 yet, but getting there hopefully. Mm-hmm. But what I always saw and, and personally think is, is it really important that you still have the same culture to a certain degree, like a, a shared values, I yes, would say. Yes, shared values and maybe also mindset. Exactly. But then complementary skill sets to have different skills from different people. Yeah, yeah. So my question here is, how can you, you know, assess that to a certain degree? This is super hard to measure these kind of things because at one point you want to make sure that you have a shared basis that you can work successfully together mm-hmm. and you don't need to communicate everything and, and start from square one. But at the same time, you also want to have the diversity in there to be able to be innovative and have the best results possible. Mm-hmm. So how do you balance these two? Yes, so um, in my opinion or how I recruit, I always first go um, for the skills. So, and there is very important that when you write your your um, your um, um, job ads that you are, have already the criteria in your mind or on a sheet, uh, what this person needs to bring absolutely obligatory. So there are some mandatory things and some things you, 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 they can learn, right? And this must be clear. And then already the interview, I, I, I mostly start with the question of the interview. Mm-hmm. I have these criteria and I formulate the interview questions based on this criteria. Mm-hmm. And I don't mix, I don't mix, um, uh, mindset or, or, or values with, with skills. I start, I always, I like to start with skills. And, and, uh, the question needs to be formulated that, that the person can talk about her, her experiences. For example, what's your strength? That's a stupid question. Because Why? the person who is very, um, good in talking, will tell you uh, whatever cool guy he is. Sorry, it's mostly our 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 men more self um, aware, uh, not self aware. Um, they, they, they are um, they believe more in themselves than women. Right. But it's important that you formulate the questions uh, in terms of of um, that they can tell you what they did in their past. Mm-hmm. And what are you particularly looking there to then identify a good fit or not? Yeah, well, I mean, what they bring from a skill set. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's the first uh, round. And then on the, on the second round, for me, it's always a task. And, right. and there also, I, 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 I write down criteria I, I want to see or, or, I think it's important for, for, for the position. Um, and then it's never me alone. It's very important that you are two or three people. And um, important, the most important thing about this is that after an interview, you don't speak together, you fill out the form by yourself. It's your opinion. Because otherwise you have this bandwagon bias because the strongest person in the room will talk, will influence you with his or her opinion. That's also why most of the meetings are, are not necessary. Because if one person um, 
is influencing all, all the others, you don't need a meeting. Right. It's already decided so then. <laughs> also in, in, yeah, that's a, another topic, meetings, how you, how you need, how you, you have to, um, lead meetings that diversity, that you really have an impact from diversity because diversity, um, leads to nowhere if not everyone has a voice. For me, it's just fascinating because very often when we talk to startup founders, they usually say, we start with culture first and then the skills they can learn. We don't really look for them too much, of course, a bit, but that's not the top priority. You do it the exact opposite. So for me, this is a very refreshing take to see, hey, there's also another way out there to do it and to to go about this recruiting process. So No, because culture is something you build together. And of course, I think the mindset is more important that, that, that you, you want to grow, that you want to learn, that, that you are, that you are willing to, to leave your comfort zone. I mean, those things have to be given if you want to work in a startup right. that you have, you want to go the extra while you are able to work in an unsecure, um, environment, things like that, of course. But, this doesn't help if the person is not able to, to do the basic work. Because for me as a founder or as a leader, it will take a lot of, of work to bring this person where it should go. So it, it needs, it needs being a good, in a good balance. I think it's a very fascinating topic. We could yeah. probably go on for hours <laughs> about that. But before we do so, I also want to ask you a bit more about, you know, WittyWorks, you started the company in 2018. Now we are in the year 2021. Are there any numbers or success stories that you can share where you currently stand today with WittyWorks? Yeah, sure. Yeah, so um, on the one hand, we we um, we supported and consulted uh, many big Swiss companies in, in the topic of diversity and inclusion. And on the other way, we built our own software with, I mean, it was the three of us building it. We didn't have uh, other support. Um, and, and this really um, also makes me proud that we got to that point and uh, we launched the diversifier a year ago. Um, in the meantime, we have 31 um, paying customers who are using the diversifier. And of course, we have a lot of free users as well. <laughs> it's always part of the game, I guess. Yeah, sure. Um, we built a very big and strong community. We have more than 6,000 followers on our social media um, channels. We also have this job board where we publi um, publish, um, where our clients are able to publish um, nice. directly and independently their job ads. And uh, we have the first clients in Germany, Austria, and soon France. And of course, this is already a big um, uh, milestone uh, for WittyWorks. Wow. Sounds very nice. Congrats on yeah. those milestones. Thanks. And, you know, we've seen on your LinkedIn profile, um, your CV is incredibly long. I mean, from board mandates to founding ventures to being a cycling guide even, <laughs> it seems you never stand still for too long. And that's also the case here now with WittyWorks, because in January 2021, you decided to take on a new role as CEO at Nine Internet Solutions, uh, leader of managed cloud service uh, solutions in Switzerland. You've already been a board member, but now you take on the role as CEO. So I just wonder, 
what made or what led you to that decision to sort of say, I leave Vityworks from the operational uh, role and switch to go and become CEO at Nine Internet Solutions? Mm -hmm. That must have been a very tough decision, I can imagine. Yes. <laughs> yes, you are right. It was a very tough um, um, decision, but it was also... Um, Actually, when I look retrospectively, something um, which uh, was a, a process. It, it was not from one day to another. Um, and I have to very honestly tell you that uh, the last year or the last two and a half year on a financial um, uh, on a financial aspect were very hard for all of us because um, diversity is not the big money bringer. Um, as I told you, I mean, uh, companies are, are still not having a budget uh, for this topic on the mm -hmm. site or only a few. And um, moreover, building your own software means that a big part of our time we invested to, to build the software. I mean, I, I did the design of the software and, and um, this was um, a time we didn't earn money at all. And moreover, we also invested money, <laughs> of course, right. I mean, to, to finance the whole um, technical. Um, I mean, Lucas was doing the, the, the development, but also, I mean, you need the infrastructure, right? right. So, um, and, and um, I also see that last year with Corona, of course, it was a really hard year. We lost um, many clients uh, like uh, for consulting in March and we didn't, it was, we didn't came to the same level or amount for that. And then we decided to, to search for investors and we investigated a lot of time in our pitch, in, in, in all these Things. I mean, every entrepreneur know all the stuff you have to do um, to start pitching. Um, and um, yeah, it, it was one was the financial reason my savings were gone. Um, as you already said, I also have a kid and um, um, we have our life in Zurich is not the, the, the cheapest one, right? Um, and then on the other side, as a board member of Nine, I saw um, what is missing there, um, that we need a strong leader, which has a customer-focused approach, but also can help to change the culture. Mm -hmm. And and while discussing in the board who could be the next CEO, um, yeah, um, my my chairwoman <laughs> approached me um, with the with the question if if I couldn't take over this role at interim and and I thought yeah why not at interim sounds good so I can do both and mm -hmm. then at, I after after a moment I I felt this is not me I mean I am someone if I do something I want to do it right and I want to have an impact and as a, at interim CEO I won't have this impact so um yes it 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 was a lot of 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 thinking but at the end i was really um i really felt um this motivation inside me to 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 help nine um with with uh, those aspects or or the, the, what they need now and and i also of course 
so a, a big learning curve um, because I never, um, I never, I was not a CEO of such a big company so far, mm -hmm. and I've never worked with the executive board. So this was just a an, an, an uh, uh, awesome opportunity for me. And sure. on the other side, I had to say, hey, here is a CEO role who. And they want the women. I have to say yes, because that's what I'm telling everybody all the time. I tell women to get out of their comfort zone. I tell companies to hire women in leadership positions. So, I mean... Walk the talk, basically. Walk the talk, right. yes. <laughs> Impressive. So, uh, we are very curious to hear and read and see more of your actions at nine. And, uh, yeah, just can't wait to see what you're doing and shaking and shaping up there. Thanks so much. Before we wrap up the episode, I want to ask you about personal resources and gadgets. Are there any you know, books or blogs, podcasts that come to mind that I can recommend to our listeners? Mm. <laughs> also personal gadgets like, I don't know, a specific foam roller to stretch your back or whatever uh -huh. comes to mind. Okay. Yeah, I mean... Um, um, my biggest success factor, I would say, is, is endurance sport. <laughs> um, because um, what I learned is that I, I need more time to think and reflect to have um, really good ideas or, or seeing solution for, for problems. So always when I'm stuck, I go out for a run or in summer I go out for a um, to, um, to, to road cycling. And, and this really helps me a lot. I, I would say this is my biggest success factor and I learned in endurance. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. But, um, I, I mean, I do different things. I have different mandates. I have a family. I mean, I don't have so much time to read, to be honest. I would read, I would love to read more. I listen sometimes to podcasts. I'm listening to Swisspreneur, of Fantastic. course, and I'm learning a lot, really. Cool. Um, I, I also, um, listening to other podcasts, but I don't have a certain podcast. And what I do is I, I, um, I, I still try to meet with other inspiring people. I think this always brings me the most. Going into the discussion, um, listening to others, and and um, having this exchange um, for me, this is um, really important because I need hands-on advice most of the right. time, and I don't need. I mean, I I love to follow Adam Grant. For me, his quotes are so good and and so on the point. Um, but yeah, I I I love to to be very practical and have and have hands-on discussions. Where do you actually find these people? Do you have them in your network, or do you specifically? look for them somewhere to then have a good exchange on a very specific topic? Yeah, it's both. Um, I, I'm, I have um, a, a good entrepreneurial uh, network, I would say. Other CEOs, other startup founders, which I, uh, I am in a good relationship and, and we can count on each other, I would say. I also have a coach, a business coach. Um, nice. uh, she has um, 10 years more experience than me. She 
um, yeah, she, she saw a lot and I, I go with, I go to her with my questions. This helps me a lot. That's a very good tip. I think yeah. many people don't really realize that this is like a secret weapon that you can use. Yes. Mm-hmm. Nice. And of course, um, I also, I would also say I, I, I always choose, um, um, my position also in a surroundings who feels good. I, I would never go somewhere who it doesn't feels good. So at nine, for example, um, I have a great, um, board, um, of directors and I feel like we are a team. So yeah. this, this is the most important thing or at WittyWorks. I mean, finding the right co-founders, people you can connect, not only business wise, but also, um, in your, in your, in, in your free time, because you spend so much time together. You go to um, big challenges together. It, it needs to feel good. Sure. And the very last part for you today are some rapid fire questions. Sure. <laughs> we give you a selection or a short question and you can answer it in one or two sentences. Are you ready? Sure. Zurich or Bern? Zurich. I already, I already elaborated on this, right? right? <laughs> That's where the business place. Where do you go to think? Yeah, I go on a run or on yeah. my bike. Lake or mountains? Mountains. Nice. Advice to your 20 year old self? Um, think big and believe in you. <laughs> I like that. And the last one, female or male co-workers? Yeah, both, of course. I mean, also just a group of, of women wouldn't be the right thing. Yeah. I think that's the logical answer. <laughs> Valerie, thank you so much for sharing your journey. And we wish you all the best and lots of success for the future. And it was a pleasure having you as a guest. Thanks a lot. Now that you've finished listening to the episode, why not top it off with a quick rating on Apple Podcasts? It's one of the best things that you can do to help us reach more entrepreneurs just like you.